to Dead Teen House Party, an MTV Scream Rewatch podcast. I am your host, Marn. I use she, her pronouns, and you can find me at Corpse Survivors on Twitter. And joining me in the studio today, as always, is my co-host, Jacqueline. Hi, I'm Jacqueline, she, her. Uh, sorry for my voice, I'm sick. Uh, you can find me on Tumblr at Swampert. Joining me as well in the studio is my co-host, Emma. Hi, I'm Emma. I use any pronouns, and you can find me on Twitter at EmmaSCA. And last but not least, joining me is my co-host, Nessa. I'm Nessa. She, her, L-O-C-H-N-E-A-S-S-A. You can find me everywhere, but especially on TikTok. And today we watched the season two finale episodes. We watched <laughs> episodes 11 and 12. <laughs> oh. oh my god. We did. We sure did. We you know, really did do that. <laughs> you know what? Second seasons are hard, and it was very hard to follow season one after season one did a perfect 10, you know? True. We're, what are you going to do? Get a perfect 10.1? It's not possible in gymnastics. <laughs> and yet. <laughs> and yet. <laughs> and yet. And yet. <sighs> so... Lest we forget, last time we left off with uh, Noah got buried alive and Zoe also got buried alive and Zoe did not make it. Um, And they found Noah and dug him up and he was stabbed and went to the hospital, blah, blah, blah. Episode 11 starts with uh, the killer breaking into Emma's house. Uh, He, like, tries a bunch of the doors and eventually like picks a lock on the kitchen door um i did not realize that this was supposed to be emma's house until he like came through the kitchen door um and and then i was like oh okay this is like the set that they use for emma's house um what the hell happened what the hell happened to that security system did they give up on it after it got fucking hacked i forgot about that well, I mean, you would think they would at least have like a cop outside at this point. Yeah. With um spo- spoilers for later, but if we're assuming with what happens happens, that person would know the security code with how often oh, they're over. That's true. True. Yeah. So so yeah, the the killer like comes up the stairs with his knife and like looks in on Maggie to like see that she's sleeping. And then it comes into Emma's room and starts touching her stuff. Uh, they open her dream journal and, like, the cover bumps into the lamp and the noise wakes Emma up. Uh, and she, like, lies there for a second. And then when she rolls over, uh, there's nobody there. And it's very scary. I hated this. This is like an actual nightmare that I have yeah. consistently yeah. or like paranoia when I'm left home alone. And I'm like, ah. Props to Emma that. for waking up, though. Unlike Audrey, who was just like, <gasps> someone's painting on my ceiling. <gasps> Back to sleep. Yeah. This is creepy as hell. Yeah, it's so scary. Um, She like lies there as the killer leaves with her dream journal. Um, and then she, like, rolls over, doesn't see anybody, and then she hears, like, the door opening and closing downstairs. Ugh. Um, and she, like, grabs a pair of scissors as a weapon and goes and, like, runs down the stairs. Um, I, I wrote at this point, God, this scene is so long and tense. <laughs> 
Um, and she finds that the front door of her house is like cracked open and there is a heart pendant like the one that her mom got from Brandon James dangling from the doorknob and it says Emma on it. <sighs> and so then she slams the door shut and immediately calls for her mom, which good instinct girl. And then like we get our little title sequence, whatever, uh, cut to Kieran's place. Kieran like comes out into the hall from like taking a shower or whatever. Uh, and Eli is waiting for him out there and he's like, hey, where are you going? It's 3.30 in the morning. And Kieran's like, well, I'm headed to Emma's. Like, there's something going on. Uh, and then we go back to Emma's and we see that the cops are now here. Um, they're checking the house. Um, and Acosta comes to talk to Maggie and says, like, hey, we checked the house top to bottom. There's nobody here. And then Kieran shows up to make sure that Emma is okay and she's not hurt or anything. Um... And this kind of gives Maggie and Acosta a chance to, like, go into another room and have a conversation with each other. And Maggie tells Acosta that, like, she tried to, like, leave a note to Brandon in the tree that they used to communicate with, um, like, in case he's out there and he's, like, the one doing this. And she thinks that, like, maybe this is a response, but she doesn't know for sure. Um... And Acosta's like, well, we'll figure it out. Like, even if it's not, like, we'll figure out what's going on. And Maggie wonders, like, if Brandon James isn't the one doing this, who is? Like, who else has this connection to Piper? And Acosta says, oh, Kristen Lang went to the children's home with her. And, like, they have a connection. And then we get a scene of Noah, who is now in the hospital, as he should be. Uh, with Audrey, who is like they're visiting him and they are like watching <laughs> Brooke's dad give a speech on TV about like, oh, like the tragedies in Lakewood, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Emma, Brooke, and Kieran show up together with coffee and Noah's laptop that they've like downloaded a bunch of movies onto. Um, but. Noah is now traumatized and he's like, no, I can't watch horror movies anymore. And like, I I missed too much of my life obsessing over like horror movie logic and turning death into a puzzle that I could solve. So I'm shutting down my podcast and I'm giving up on solving mysteries forever because the killer beat me. He won. He's a sad man now. Yeah. He is a sad meow meow. It's really sad to me that like this is just so immediately makes it clear that the entire reason Zoe was here was to be a part of Noah's podcasting arc. Yeah. <laughs> At least he could like, I feel like it would be almost more respectful if he was like and I will never get laid again. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> that was my one He's- shot. <laughs> He's going, he's going Valsal. <laughs> I, I do think that it's like an interesting conclusion to this kind of like mini arc that he's had where Zoe was like, oh, I think that you like have turned to like doing the true crime thing because like you want to think of this as like a mystery that you can solve and like a puzzle that has an answer. Um... And he was like, haha, I don't do that. What are you talking about? And now he's like, uh oh, that's true. 
Yeah, actually, that's actually, you're right. That's really interesting, especially with, um, I guess, the actual sort of conclusion to this that we get later this episode and the character who inspires that in him and how yeah, that parallels I agree. with Zoe. So I'm excited to get there. Yeah. Um, and so Noah wants the gang to, like, go to his house and take down his murder board, which we know is very important to him. So this is like, uh-oh, big character moment for Noah. Um, and he says, like, yeah, I told, like, my mom that you're gonna come and take it down. Um, and Emma agrees to do this for him, but Audrey is, like, not happy about it. She's like, no, like, we can't take that down. Like, that's, like, your like your life's work, Noah. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> Also, like, the killer is still out there. Yeah, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Like, sorry, Noah, but, like, someone's still trying to kill everyone you know. Noah doesn't care about it anymore. (laughs) I pretend I do not see it. Honestly, kind of a mood. I feel like he should be more like, we're gonna catch the people who who did this to Zoe. Yeah, you would think, right? Yeah. You would think, but he did go into like super sad boy hours when Riley died also. That is true. That's true. Yeah. So <laughs> Honestly, what is so, the killer's deal? Like what does he gain by fucking with Noah in general? Like It's funny. It it's is funny. funny. <laughs> it is funny. It seemed like a lot of work for almost no payoff. My my guess, like, going off of like the the spoilers of who we know the killer ends up to be is that they just like secretly hate Noah and have hated <laughs> Noah all along. Yeah. yeah, but I wish they'd be more like, I hated your fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah. It was so annoying and I knew you were gonna get all you were gonna get all cocky after you got laid. Yeah. God. So then we get a great scene of uh, Stavo and Brooke in the hotel room where, like, they've been hiding out. Stavo is, like, fully in, like, a fancy hotel robe, like, eating room service lunch in bed. It's amazing. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> um, and he's, he's, like, drawing a picture of the mayor being <laughs> murdered. <laughs> oh my god, I missed that. Little Stavo things. Good for Stavo. Good for him. Um, and Brooke comes in. I wrote a note here that said I love her dress. I love the like black dress that she wears in this episode. It's great. Oh yeah. Um, she like comes in and she's like, Noah's not acting like himself, and like it's really depressing because like all of us have also lost our significant others, and we know exactly what he's going through, and it's really sad. Um. And we learned that, like, uh, the mayor's press conference has been running on the news all morning and Stavo offers to turn it off so, like, Burke doesn't have to see it. And she's like, no, 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 let's watch it. Um, And the mayor is, like, saying a bunch of bullshit about, like, your family should be kept at home, like, where they belong, safe. And Burke turns it off because she knows it's, like, him being passive aggressive (laughs) about her, like, staying in a hotel. (laughs) If anything, I feel like the hotel's the- that hotel in particular is the safest place in town. Yeah. Yeah. The only one who's gotten fucked over in that hotel is Seth Branson. No, he got- yeah. he, he got fucked over at the motel, remember, I think? Mm-hmm. Because it was different. Yeah, nobody different. has died at this hotel. Yeah. Brooke- oh, was that really the motel? Yeah. I thought it was the it was, same. 
Because he's at like a, they like drive up to a different locale and like the interior is different, but that means nothing in this show. Yeah. yeah I thought it was still, I thought those were both her mom's rooms still. And we'll, we'll have Maybe to go back and check. mom's got multiple rooms. <laughs> um, and, and, and so like the, the gang, quote unquote, meaning uh, Audrey, Emma, and Kieran at this point, because Brooke has like gone back to talk to Stavo. Um, they go to Noah's to take down the board, um, and Emma has this, like, aside conversation with Audrey asking if, like, she maybe left out anything about Piper, and Audrey's like, no, I I told you everything I know. Um, Audrey finds the photo strip of Noah and Zoe from the carnival and pockets it, and Emma finds a news article about Will's funeral, and she notices that in the background of this photo, Eli is there. This is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Just like very, this very last minute evidence. Um, <laughs> and he's just like standing there with like, not a grin on his face, but he looks just like so out of place. Mm-hmm. He's been there the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, and she she asks Kieran about it. She's like, oh, like, did you know that Eli was in town during Will's funeral? And Kieran's like, no, I didn't know that he was there. He didn't tell me anything about that. So that's suspicious. What the hell, Audrey- Eli? <laughs> yeah, what the hell, Eli? Yeah, what the hell? Audrey goes back to see Noah in the hospital um, and, like, tell him that they boxed up everything for the murder board. And Noah's like, great, set it on fire. I don't ever want to see it again. Um, and Audrey's like, no, 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 listen, we found a lead while we were going through this stuff. And Noah just doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't want to engage with any more murder stuff. Um, and so Audrey gives him the photos of him and Zoe uh, that she found. And she says basically like, hey, like I went through the same thing with Rachel. Like, if you want to talk, I'm here for you. I get it. Um, and she immediately gets some texts from the killer that say, that say uh, your friend didn't like my gift. She's good at cutting people off, but I cut deeper. And Noah, meanwhile, is saying, like, oh, I want to do, like, one last podcast episode to, like, say goodbye to my listeners and, like, do a tribute to Zoe. <laughs> Um, and Audrey's like, all right, dude, you do that. And she leaves. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there should be, especially after Noah finds out, there should be like at least one moment where Audrey gets a text because Audrey always has her phone on now where it's like, so is that the killer texting you? Yeah. Because like, who's yeah. texting you? You're just like leaving in the middle of this conversation. And you're just like. He pretends he does not see it. Noah's yeah. out. It's true. Noah's out. Um so uh emma audrey and karen go to emma's house uh, and they they kind of convene uh emma says that the text that audrey got could be from eli because he sent emma a bunch of texts after the carnival trying to apologize to her and like talk to her about what happened uh and she never responded because she just didn't know what to say and karen and audrey are like oh yeah like i guess like that could be read as like cutting him off and Kieran gets all pissed off. He's like, Oh, I'm going to go have a chat with Eli. And I was like, no, let's not do that. And Kieran's like, all right, I guess. Marn, you can't talk it down like that. He says he's going to go bash his face in. Yeah. Yeah. He gets like so mad. And then 
immediately after Emma's like, hey, let's think about this for a second. He's like, you're right. <laughs> I won't do that. <laughs> and then they go... Well, no, they don't go to Kieran's yet, but we go to Kieran's. The, the scene changes to Kieran's, and we see uh, Eli and Kieran's Aunt Tina having a conversation. Uh, the mayor is paying them $15,000 to leave town, uh, presumably because of the arson stuff. Um, Eli is not happy with this deal because he says that like he has things that he doesn't want to like leave behind here. Um and Aunt Tina is like, like, if we stay, we're going to risk everyone finding out all about us. And Eli flips out and is like, we're not leaving until I say we're leaving. Screw the mayor. Like, I'll get rid of him. Yeah. Uh, we then go to the mayor uh, who is in his house. He calls Brooke and leaves her a message and says like, hey, I'm worried about you. Please come home. Uh, he hears loud music playing upstairs, and he thinks that it's Brooke. Um, and as he's going up the stairs, you see, like, a shadowy figure moving around behind him. And you do think that it's the killer, but you find out very shortly that it's Eli wearing a hoodie. Um, and he is, like, rifling through the mayor's office downstairs while, like, he's distracted upstairs, turning off, like, the music that Eli set off. Um... And he and Eli like grabs a whole handful of documents and like runs off and leaves a note that says, You are so screwed. <laughs> this like kind of endeared me to Eli. Like yeah. a pretty good pretty good plan. Also, I don't like the mayor very much. Yeah. Also, I think his like looming silhouette is so funny. Yeah. He looks so tiny. Yeah. I also love the mayor's uh, casual fit during this scene. It's the first time we've seen the mayor not in like a suit. He's just in like pastel shorts and an open Hawaiian shirt. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. Like a frat boy. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, in a bit of foreshadowing, what I have in my notes here is um, the mayor is a hot girl. You know, I also like. I, I meant like in a hot girl in like a horror movie kind of way is what I meant by uh -huh, that. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, they do film feel... him the same way they filmed Nina in the very first episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Foreshadowing. I feel like. I feel like the mayor needs to get better opsec to like stop high schoolers from blackmailing him. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. He needs a high power assistant who he is secretly in love with and who is also secretly in love with him. Yeah. Like, you can't just be hiding all your important, like, illegal documents in the top drawer of your desk. Okay. Yeah. It was in the it was in the fate the fake bottom of the top drawer. Which was very easily discovered. Still Stop letting high schoolers blackmail you, dude. <laughs> You're better than this. Is he's, he? He's just a baby girl. <laughs> he can't help it. His, his yeah. wife was the one who prevented teenagers from blackmailing him. Oh my, oh god. my god. The second they split, he starts getting blackmailed by teenagers. Well, the, the second she went to rehab, he starts getting blackmailed by teenagers. We don't know that it wasn't happening before. Maybe like in That's middle true. school, some of uh, some oh of Brooke's God. friends were like, 
I don't know. I don't know what kind of high, what kind of blackmail a middle schooler could do. This guy's gonna give us all the Twizzlers we can eat. <laughs> yes. In exchange for our silence about sex crimes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This this show is like so good at making up unique types of guy. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I think they really did a great one with um adult politician who can't stop getting blackmailed by teenagers. <laughs> That's 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 a blackmail me once. Shame on you. Exactly. Blackmail me twice. Shame on me. And I love being shamed. So so then Acosta goes to the hospital to interview Miss Lang about Piper. Um. And she says that she was at the children's home for like a little bit. But she wasn't very close to Piper because Piper was a lot younger than her. Um, and Miss Lang says that she doesn't really remember doing anything like together with Piper. Um, and Acosta calls her out on taping students without their permission, as he should. Um, and Miss Lang is like, well, I'm doing an informal case study on the survivors of the murders. Queen, that's called illegal. Yeah, that's like not that's a- called you did not get IRB approval for this. This has to be like a book that they she then has to like change the names on and be like um, yeah. Bema du Bouval, because uh, like no academic whatever would be like oh an informal case study. Yeah, no, yeah, Damn. this is some major jo- like Joyce Carol Oates shit. <laughs> yeah, um, and and Acosta is like oh well, did, like did you actually like talk to any of the teenagers who have like an unhealthy obsession with Piper? And she starts talking about Stavo because, I don't know, she's, like, either messing with him or, like, trying to get him to stop questioning her. But she's like, your son has, like, a really unique perspective on murder and stuff. I think she's trying to play psychologist still. Well, yeah, that's true. And trying to be like, I can tell what's stressing you, Sheriff. It's Stavo. (laughs) She does make she a does good make... point. Sorry, Jacqueline. No, I was actually, I was also literally saying the words, she does make a good point. Uh, <laughs> specifically, especially about um, the fact that Stavo, we learned here that Stavo's origins are indeed that he, pe- he like peeked into his dad's case files and saw murdered people pictures. Yeah. Um, Miss Lang says that uh, like some of the stuff that Stavo told her was that he like, um he saw the sheriff's like case files when he was really young um and he saw like a bunch of crime scene photos and he was really struck by like the the like photos that he wasn't supposed to see and like knowing that his dad like deals with this shit like day in and day out and like a lot of the, the stuff in his art is like him trying to understand and like come to terms with like what the sheriff must be dealing with in his own life he draws don't you understand he communicates through his drawing sheriff (laughs) he's a special boy he is a special boy he is a special boy (sighs) and uh she also says that emma has the biggest obsession with piper and she's like i think that these new murders are impacting Emma in ways that we don't even know about yet. Lang, shut the 
fuck up. The only reason Emma talks about Piper so much is because you keep asking. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. And like, this my I know I've said this before. I'm sorry. This is the finale. I shouldn't be saying things twice. But she, before that Miss Du, not Miss Du, before Miss Lang has been attacked in like the stairwell by a mass killer who also murdered her boyfriend, like that whole like Emma's crazy PTSD storyline, like mental thing that she was stuck on makes perfect sense. But like, shit is afoot. Like, what is she supposed to be? Just like, be like, all right, cool. I guess I'll just wait in my home for the police to save me or to be murdered. We'll see which comes first. Yeah, and like, obviously Emma is being impacted by the new murders. Like, hello. Her friends are dying. The killer is calling her directly. Like, I feel like that's not as much of a gotcha as she thinks it is. Yeah. Lang needs to never say anything ever again. True. But she does, she says more bullshit. Oh, she sure does. Later. She says, she says something that's so bullshit that it's like even considered kind of bullshit by the true crime community. By people Mm -hmm. who believe in ghosts. God. Yeah. And I'm not saying ghosts are real or not. Nobody come for me. So as a result of this, uh, Akasa texts Stavo and says, I'm sorry, please come home. And then Stavo obviously sees this text and deletes it. Um, He and Brooke are like splitting up. They've agreed that they're both going to go home. Uh, Brooke is driving herself or has driven herself, I guess, because I think this scene happens like right outside her house Um, is is like going home to talk to her dad. Um, and Stavo's like, yeah, I'm totally also going home to talk to my dad. <laughs> and then just, like, gets on his bike and leaves. Which does answer my question. Because remember before I was like, how is Stavo getting all these places? And the answer yes. is bicycle. Which yes. makes no goddamn sense. Because we see him, like, all over the place. He yeah. bikes fast. He should be sweaty and disheveled in every scene. <laughs> yeah. I agree. He should enter every scene like he just got off a bicycle. <laughs> it's it's so funny too because he seems like the type of character who should have like a swaggy motorcycle. Mm-hmm. But yeah. no, it, it's it's no, bicycle. It's just a bike. I bet no, his dad wouldn't let him get a motorcycle. Because he's the weird kid. He's creepy. He's creepy weird. You know. I will say I am, I am slightly more endeared to him knowing that he bikes everywhere. Same. And I he has a he has. He has a big helmet for safety. Yeah. <laughs> this is why Stavos oh. stayed alive as long as he has. Yeah. He has great stamina because he bikes everywhere. <laughs> and he wears his helmet. Uh-huh. Killer's not going to run him off the road. Yep. <laughs> so, um... So, Noah... So then we we cut to Noah doing his podcast from the hospital. He's just like got his his fucking earbuds in uh and he's like recording himself on like the microphone attached to his earbuds. He's trying his best. Yeah. Hey, I have an entire season of that people are just recorded on their AirPods. It's not good, but It'll do. 
it's just so funny to me that he's in the hospital after being stabbed and is like, I simply can't wait to record the final episode of my podcast. I have to do it right now. I must end it. If I got stabbed before getting the chance to record uh, the the 12th episode of Dead Teen House Party, I I would record it from my hospital room. So So true. Very so true. here's the thing, though. We find out later that he doesn't edit his podcast. <laughs> right. Oh, God. I forgot. He just goes straight from the editing e- ending, and he's just like, and send. Yeah. La- later, he, uh, he like, literally stops the recording, is like, well, that's all in a day's work, and uploads it directly to his website. <laughs> I-, I just realized this should be a vlog. It shouldn't it be a should podcast. Be. It should, it should be. be. Yeah. It should be. It's not, but it should be. Like, with the audio... Because he, he was the A-V guy. What happened to the V? What happened? Yeah, hold on a second. Is it because he lost Remember, his V? This is why he doesn't make AMVs. <laughs> yeah. Because he lost it. He lost the V. So, so yeah. So, Noah is, like, trying to podcast and, like, can't get it right. And <laughs> Stava walks in and his opening line here is, like, I heard you were all screwed up. <laughs> I fucking love him. <laughs> Everything Stavo says is so good. It's the, to me, this is the fucking equivalent of that post that's like, I I liked a boy at my school and I didn't know how to tell him, so I wrote him a note that just said, get the fuck out of my school. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is so like Stavo. when in kindergarten I punched a kid in the face because I thought he was cute. Oh my god. That's perfect. I didn't like how it made me feel. so yeah so Stava walks in and is like hey I heard you were all like fucked up by the killer and Noah's like yeah and Um, and um, and he says that he's working on this like farewell podcast and he's like well I want it to be like the, the culmination of my life's work but I also want it to be like a eulogy for Zoe and like I and like I can't get it right. Um and Stavo <laughs> and Stavo is Stavo literally says, Hey, don't end your podcast, dumbass <laughs> Which is more or less a direct quote from the show. Um and he is like, I like your podcast helps people, like you can't get rid of it basically and I believe the quote is the death rate is one per person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is kind of deep. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, hey, I'll send you something better than a get well balloon. Um, and he sends Noah a little comic that he has made. Yeah. It's so cute. About Noah. <laughs> about Noah being attacked by the killer. Yeah. And he's winning against the killer. And he's like, he's like, he's like, we, the, the killer never wins. Ever. It's yeah. so, it's so good. I I love I I do actually love this as a conclusion to Noah's podcasting arc, because because Stavo Stavo comes in. Stavo is the third one. First we get first we get Riley. Then we get then we get uh then we get Zoe and finally Stavo. I think Zoe could be alive for this though. Like imagine if Zoe was just like in kind of a coma or something. I feel like yeah. we could still have the end of the podcasting arc. I agree. 
I like every single scene in this episode that takes place in Noah's hospital room. It's yeah. very sweet and good and maybe just go, oh. Mm. They're friends. They're all friends. They're all They're friends. friends. Every single one of them. I definitely Except for Stavo and Audrey. <laughs> Except for Stavo and Audrey. They're, they're going to be the two people where when the, they when this is all over and they all go to Denny's, Stavo and Audrey are going to be like, if any of you leave us alone with each other, I swear to Christ. <laughs> they are sitting God. on opposite ends of the, the booth. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, let's get two separate, like two booths next to each other. What would you guys think about that? <laughs> yep. So yeah, so Stavo has, has drawn Noah this little comic. Um, and we cut to Audrey and Emma waiting outside at Kieran's house uh, because Kieran is going in and is going to like search Eli's room. Um, but Eli and Tina are still there and they're like talking about these files that Eli stole from the mayor. And Eli said, like, yeah, apparently this guy has like robbed half the people in town and like. He even played Brandon James's family, which we, like, don't get any follow-up on, interestingly. Oh, yeah. Spoilers, but yeah, we don't get follow-up on that. Yeah, that felt like they were kind of, like, trying to set up something for, like, later seasons, and Mm -hmm. then obviously there weren't later seasons, so. Yeah, like, the problem with both of these episodes is they set up too much for later seasons. Yeah. Like, they are really banking on future episodes instead of trying to wrap up this season's story like season one was in a way where i'll get into this deeper when we get to who the killer is but it my thoughts continue into that as well yeah so like i think so i next episode we will talk a little bit about um the the like article that came out within this past year that is like the creators of season two basically talking about like what they were planning for seasons three and four and part of what they say in that is that like they pitched seasons three and four originally i think when either when they pitched season two or like right after season two came out and like the the like producer like the network producers were really into it and then they just kind of like got ghosted by the network that's really sad it is um and so like they thought for a while that they were gonna get to at least make a season three um and then they didn't get to yeah. But apparently they might like take some of the plot elements from like the meta season that they were going to do and like make it into its own TV show which I'm very excited about. Ooh. Oh, sick. Come back for Dead Teen House Party season 2. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Oh, we can so, cover yeah, so it live. Find- oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> we actually would because literally there were part there were parts of this entire episode where I was like I wish I didn't have media literacy because I know I mean I don't think any this isn't a spoiler but like everyone's just like ooh Eli it's gotta be Eli and the entire time I was like it's not Eli because it's episode eleven and there's no way there's episode twelve is is forty five minutes of epilogue there's too much time left <laughs> it's not Eli I, I wish I didn't the, know anything the thing is I. I do think that some shows do it well where you can realize who the killer is in the second to last episode of the season. And I do think that if it had been Eli, it would have been earned. 
I yeah. think they could have done something yeah. really well with that. And I think it would have made more sense. I think it would have been well earned. I think they could have done a lot of cool shit with that reveal. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll burn that bridge later. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we find out that, like, the mayor has been stealing from all these people in town. Um, and... Elaine and Aunt Tina like go outside into like the ba- into like the backyard, um, and Kieran video calls Emma while he is like going through Eli's shit, and he finds like a big stack of envelopes and shit under Eli's pillow, and Audrey is like, "Oh wait a second, like those are my letters to Piper. How did Eli get those?" And Kieran takes them and brings them outside to Emma and Audrey. Audrey wants to turn them over to the police because she's like, this is the evidence we need. Like, we can, like, get Eli arrested or whatever. And Emma says, no, like, if we turn these in now, they're just going to incriminate you and we don't have any, ev- like, other evidence that Eli could be the one doing this. Um, and the, like, stack of envelopes and stuff also has some of the pictures that Emma found at the, uh, at the pig farm. Um, and Audrey says to Kieran to take, like, this whole stack back and, like, put it back in Eli's room and make sure that Eli doesn't know that they're onto them. Because she's like, oh, like, he, like, if he is the killer, like, he's really unstable and, like, we don't know what he's gonna do, like, if he finds out that, that we're onto him. Smart move. Smart move. And as Kieran is, like, leaving, um, Emma says to Audrey, like, oh, there's probably more evidence at the pig farm if Eli was there. And Audrey's like, okay, we need to go there now while Eli's still at the house. And they, like, tear off in uh, Audrey's car and Emma texts Kieran to be like, hey, we're leaving. Um, Meanwhile, Eli, like, sees Kieran creeping around the house and is just like, all right, I guess this is happening. <laughs> just like every day. Yeah. He, like, doesn't confront him or anything. He's just like, sure. Uh, the mayor gets home from somewhere. We don't know. Uh, and Brooke is there. And she is still mad at him. And she's like, I'm only home because I missed my closet. And the mayor's like, okay, great. Like, I'm glad that you're home where you can be safe and I missed you. And Brooke is like, good, I'm glad that you missed me. And she, like, goes to her room. Um, And the mayor gets a text that says, interesting documents, Mr. Mayor. Um, And is ostensibly his blackmailer asking to meet later that night. Marn. Yes. Right after that, can I talk about something that happens in the next scene that I thought was very cute and kind of like uh-huh. Brooke character development? The next shot is Brooke in her room, and you can see her sketching because of because st- Stavo is a like not a, not a good influence on her, but not a bad influence either. Just kind of an art influence on her, and she's sketching yeah. fashion designs. And I was just like, <laughs> so cute. Brooke and Stavo yeah. are so cute. Yeah, yeah and Stavo sends her a drawing that he did of her while she was sleeping in the hotel. And she I love- texts him back, creepy, but still cute. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, yeah, she's like, lol, you creep. Yeah. Um, and Brooke is like, oh, how did it go with your dad? And Stavo doesn't reply because we see that he is like in his room but he is, like, apparently packing up to leave again and, like, go somewhere else. 
Um, and we don't get to see what's up with that because we go back to Acosta um, at the station and he is like talking to one of the cops and they're like, yeah, we found forensics from the barn and like we found DNA evidence of Jake, Emma and Audrey being there. But like we didn't find anyone else. And then we get what is my favorite line in this whole fucking show, which is one of the cops looks straight at Acosta and says, how does somebody bury a guy alive and not leave fingerprints? Wear gloves, idiot. <laughs> gloves. <laughs> Be good at crime or have a in, an entirely incompetent police department because didn't they search that farmhouse at a certain point and it was only after Acosta went back that he discovered the world's most obvious hidden room? Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think the first time I watched this, I literally tweeted about that line because it was so insane to me that they would put that in there. Yeah. Which just makes what happens later, like, even more of a thing, where they're like, mm-hmm. we tricked the cops, and it's like, it's not hard, idiots. Yeah. Yeah, like, they, they already don't understand how gloves work, apparently. Yeah. Um... And we go back to Noah podcasting in the hospital. Uh, He is, like, monologuing once again. He's talking about how, like, you can't cheat death. Death comes for everyone. And you just have to enjoy the moments you have with the people you love. Um, And he says, like, this is going to be my final broadcast. But Zoe wouldn't have let me give up on this podcast. So it's not the end. And... Like, we're the ones that the killer should be scared of, and blah, blah, blah. Um, and kind of, like, over this, we see some scenes. Um, the most interesting one is that we see Stavo biking somewhere, um, but we maybe never get to find out where he's going. Is Stavo on a bike? Where will he go? Do they have to, like, he's cut some going. Stavo scenes? I think there was probably a bunch of... Sh- I, I would bet good money that higher-ups saw this episode and the next episode and just went apeshit. And, like, cut shit, made them change things, were like, mm, this isn't compelling enough, like, went full Black Cauldron on it. You know? Interesting. Yeah, I I did get the sense that they had to cut some Stavo stuff, because, like, there is this whole plot line with him in this episode that just kind of goes nowhere. Like, we see him, like, packing up to leave home, and we see him, like, on his bike, and then we don't see him again until he shows up in the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. If I ever become properly TikTok famous, I will use that clout to try to get the writers of the show to be like, so what was actually, like, were there different scenes? What was planned? Was it always who it was supposed to be? Or were there other ideas? Like, what's going on? Granted, I don't think TikTok yeah. clout will translate to that, but God damn it, I can dream. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is really weird. Like, it feels like they're... It's like a couple of the characters are supposed to have like more going on and they just like had to cut it for time or something. Um, Except Noah. Noah, we know where he is. He's supposed to be yeah. in the hospital monologuing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's like, and he says like every episode of the morgue is now dedicated to Zoe. Um, and this is where we learn the truly alarming fact that uh, Noah uploads his podcast directly after he records them with no editing. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, maybe he records and edits as he goes. Like, he's like, says a line, pause. Oh. Which would be wor- objectively worse, but it, 
Maybe. But it would be very on-brand for Noah. It would be very on-brand for Noah. Also, Marn, the line, every time I press upload, I'll be thinking of you. (laughs) Yeah! That's that's the true podcaster's romance. Yep. I, I, oh, God. Yeah, I, I think we can give him a little bit of a, of a break here. He's in the hospital. Maybe he just didn't feel like editing this week. But I was just like getting anxious on his behalf, like thinking about how that would work. I was like, are you not like, are you doing all of this in one take? Like you're not doing alternate takes of your audio? What's going on, Noah? Do a noise reduction. At least you're in the hospital. Yeah. God. <laughs> Yeah, at least run a noise reduction. Put your, like, theme music in there. Something. I also, since Stavo and Noah are 100% properly friends now, do you think Stavo could design some cover art for the morgue that has less feet in it? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so he, so Noah uploads, uh, his, his podcasts. Immediately after recording it. Like, you literally on screen see him push stop in, like, audacity and then hit upload. <laughs> that was the scariest thing to me in these two episodes. <laughs> um, Wait, he didn't uh, even export it. Yeah, he doesn't even export it. He, he He's hacked on his audacity, so it just goes straight to upload. It's kind of <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, And he, so he, he uploads it and then he gets, like, Someone, like, hijacks the upload and hacks his laptop. Um, and someone, like, and, and it says, like, it's uploading an alternative file. I do love that we get Noah uploading a terrible file via hack round two in this season. Yes. Consistency. Yeah. He yes. does try to, like, stop it, though. Like, he slams his laptop shut. To be fair, um, he tried to stop it last time too. That is that is true. Um, yeah, he he like slams his laptop shut and is like, uh oh, uh oh, um, and then is like, well, it's probably nothing that I really need to worry about, and he just like lets it go through. Um, and it is a video of a Borg exclusive. And we kind of get, like, a montage of different characters watching this video, which I really enjoyed. Um, we do find out that Brooke is subscribed to the morgue, which I love. So Because yeah. we, we see her get a little, um, like, email notification that Noah uploads something. See, in my mind, Brooke is subscribed, but she doesn't actually listen to it. She, she, she like, scams. to support him. Yeah, she, like... It, it's like the same way where you where you will like subscribe to like a friend's like podcast or like YouTube channel at like once a month maybe like be like oh yeah like they put out this episode that uh, like I'm actually interested in like I'm gonna listen to it yeah just, um, just texting them like great episode on troll dolls <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but like I don't I don't think that Brooke like is an avid morgue listener. <laughs> I don't think she's a morgue head. <laughs> a mortician, but if I do. you will. <laughs> yeah. But I, but I do think it's sweet that she has uh, email notifications turned on for, she, for the she morgue. Has, she has an R- RSS feed. Uh-huh. I don't oh, even know what wow. those are. I don't even know what those are. I People talk about them. 
Yeah. You have to get an RSS feed. Listeners, no. everyone, this is a PSA. Everyone, please, RSS feed. It's really important. Jacqueline, it's really important. explain to us what one is. I know it's, my okay. friend used it for webcomics in high school, and that part did seem very useful because she knew when all the webcomics updated. That's what I use it for, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Somehow we've both created the perfect ad for RSS feeds. For RSS feeds? No when webcomics I- update. <laughs> I'm clicking right now. I'm seeing there are five updates on on, our, on my most recent webcomic. Wow, I'm so excited to read those. All thanks to RSS feed. Mm. <laughs> so the uh, the video that has been uploaded by a mysterious source who we can assume is the killer um, is a video called A Nightmare in Lakewood. Um, and it is uh, a bunch of like clips cut together of like Emma and Audrey confessing really suspicious stuff that um, we know and Emma and Audrey know are from like Miss Lang's tapes where she like unethically recorded Emma talking about her dreams and like the mp3 file of uh audrey confessing to bringing piper to lakewood and it also has like footage of emma's dream journals and it's like cut together with video of um like zoe dying and eddie and jake dying um and also the footage of audrey with jake's body and and the cops see this because like acosta is there and, and the cops are like, hey boss, you gotta see this video. Um, and Acosta's like, all right, we gotta trace the IP of whoever posted this. Um, and Maggie comes up to Acosta and is like, hey, Kieran called me and said that Emma and Audrey are on their way to like the, the James family farm um, and Emma will answer her calls. So the cops go out to the pig farm to find Emma and Audrey, who are just now arriving at the farm um and emma is like okay audrey like you stand outside and keep watch while i go inside which seems like a bad idea yeah i didn't like that yeah it wasn't the worst one they've ever done though no true and we have classic crowbar audrey yeah the crowbar is back love the Um, crowbar i think it's bigger i think she got a new crowbar good for her but yeah, it does. It does feel a little bit like they're they're kind of splitting them up to make you worry that something is going to happen to one of them, um, which uh, happens a couple times in these episodes. Uh, but Emma like goes into the farmhouse and like pokes around, and she finds the secret room, uh, and she calls Audrey to come up and check it out with her, um, and then she keeps kind of like sticking her nose around the room and gets accidentally jump scared by Audrey like running in um and Emma's like oh like I think that someone has been living here in secret um and Audrey finds uh Emma's dream journal sitting on a table and they deduce like oh the killer must have taken this for some reason um because they haven't seen the video like they don't know what's going on with this video um, and then they see out the window the mayor's car pull up at the pig farm and they're like, uh oh, what's the mayor doing here? So they run outside to like try and figure that whole situation out. We switch to the mayor's point of view. He is here to meet his blackmailer. Um, 
he like goes into the barn and he's like, I'm here, come out, like, let's talk about this. Um, and he like looks around this barn in the dark. Um, <laughs> I did, this was the point in my notes where I wrote, how does this guy keep getting blackmailed? <laughs> <laughs> he's, so, he's so good at it. How does he keep getting blackmailed and like lured to abandoned like spooky locales <laughs> to, to do the money transfer? He needs someone. Behavior. He needs someone to do his bidding. You know. Yeah, he needs like a secretary to do this for him. Um, and he starts texting the blackmailer because like he can't find them. Um, and he texts him, like, let's get this over with, idiot. <laughs> um, and he realizes that he can hear, like, a, a phone going off whenever he texts. So he keeps texting and, like, following this text tone that he's hearing. Um, and eventually he finds the source and it's just, like, a phone lying on a stool in the barn. Um, <laughs> and the killer does... The funniest move they could possibly do, which is they text him a selfie of them holding a pitchfork, and then when he turns around, they stab him with the pitchfork. It's so good. I, it's amazing. I cheered. It's, it's incredible. And it's the most Looney Tunes ass like running. <laughs> I gotta get speed to get this pitchfork through ya. Yep. Yeah. It's so funny. It's kind of the same thing they did with Riley, where she was, like, texting the killer and was like, where are you? And they were like, I'm right here. And then stabbed her. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like that they have a sense of humor about this. I think it's important. Um, and so the mayor has a, a pitchfork in him. He was, like, staggering around. Uh, and then Audrey rush out of the farmhouse and was like, we gotta find out what the mayor's doing here. Uh, they, like, throw open the barn doors and obviously they find the mayor who has a pitchfork through his chest. Um, he pulls the pitchfork out of his mm. chest. Has no Bad one in move. this town learned? No, it's, no. <laughs> it's, it's genetic. It's been him, it's been Brooke. It has to be genetic. My, my notes just say, Mr. Maddox, no, leave it in. <laughs> so he pulls the pitchfork out of him. Uh, Emma and Audrey, like, run over. They're, like, trying to, uh, like, compress the wound and, like, save him. Um, but obviously he dies because he's been impaled with a pitchfork. You can't, like... People, There's not people, a lot of coming back from that. People on this show have been stabbed in the, like, heart and have survived. But the minute, when the show wants you to die, you die. Yeah. And once, like, once he's dead uh, and they, like, realize they can't save him, they both pick up weapons and start pursuing, uh, well, they hear a noise in the barn. And so Audrey, like, grabs her crowbar, Emma grabs the pitchfork. Um, and they're like, all right, we're going to be ready to fight. Um, but it turns out that it's the cops and they were framed. Uh-oh. Uh, and the cops like bust in. They're both holding <coughs> weapons and like standing over a dead body um, and covered in blood. So obviously they get arrested. Um, Maggie is there and is like extremely pissed off. And Acosta's like, I have to take them in. 
Like, what else am I supposed to do? And advises her that she needs to get Emma a lawyer. And Maggie is like, okay, Emma, just like, go and like, let them take you to the station. I'll meet you there and we'll talk and figure out what's going to happen. Um, Kieran rocks up to the scene and tries to get into a fight with Acosta when he realizes that Emma is being, uh, arrested. And But the Acosta... fact that Kieran is the one who called the cops. Yeah. And got them out there. Fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I just have in my notes, Kieran ratted on them. He's such he a did. fucking cop boy this entire season. Mm-hmm. He is. Um, yeah. Despite the fact that, like, this was all his idea, he's like... I'm gonna fight the cops and like make a whole mess of this for my girlfriend um and Akasa's like hey buddy you're making a mess of this for your girlfriend you need to calm down and go away um and he and and Kieran begrudgingly is like whatever I'll like I'll 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 meet you guys at the station whatever um Emma and Audrey get taken away in the cop car um, as they're, like, in the back of the car, Audrey's like, uh-oh, if the cops think that we killed the mayor, then the cops think that we killed everybody. Um, and this is the only episode that ends with an actual, like, to-be-continued stinger. Yeah. Which I thought was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's episode 11. Pretty fun. I Pretty fun. Very enjoyable. Yeah, I thought yeah. episode 11 was good. Yeah, I like that one. Episode 12 has its charm, in I a way. It does! there are, like, really good moments within both of these episodes, and then it just drops the ball so hard right at the end. Yeah. It is It is such a good build-up. It doesn't break your foot, though, you know? There's definitely... I feel like Netflix has kind of ruined things for me, where I'm like, well, at the very least, this is an ending. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, episode 12 picks up exactly where we left off, with uh, Emma and Audrey in the cop car. Um, Audrey is, like, really pissed off that they're, like, being arrested and taken in. Um, and then the killer, like, jumps out into the road in front of the car. Um, the cop driving swerves bold, and hits a Bold pole. choice by the killer. Yeah. yeah. Good choice, though. Very dramatic. Very committed. Yeah. Um, the, the cop, like, swerves, hits a pole. He gets out of the car, uh, and gets stabbed right in front of Emma and Audrey. Because what else did he think was going to happen? Yep. Um, and then the killer opens the door, like comes around to the other side of the car, opens the door, and then drops the keys to Emma and Audrey's handcuffs on the seat in front of them uh, so that they can get free. And they do. And before they run away, Emma takes the cop's gun. So like... I, I love the parallel here to when they framed Branson by freeing him in the fr- first yeah. season. Oh, yeah. Um, but also, like, if the killer can jump out in front of them, they can't be that far away from the farm yet, right? True. And, like, it's not like uh, the crash is loud, and it's not like the cop didn't fight back. Like, the gun goes off, like, three different times. Yeah. Like, you'd think someone would hear it and come running immediately. <laughs> That is true. And you'd think if Emma and Audrey were smarter, they'd just wait. <laughs> they'd just wait. This is true. I was too distracted by by the the riff on Scream Three, uh, <laughs> to to even notice. I was just like, "Ooh, a reference to a movie." <laughs> <laughs> 
You're right, though. It is a riff on Scream 3. I didn't even notice. Um, so, so yeah, they run away. Uh, Acosta, like, goes to talk to Miss Lang, who gives him bullshit advice. She's like, she's like, they have, uh, the, the theory of two madness, which is, like, a bullshit... To call it pop psychology would be an insult to pop psychology. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like a thing that, that, that there's like one last podcast on the left episode about, like, these twins, they both went crazy at the same time. Yeah. Y'all, I have a degree in cognitive science, and every time Miss Lang opens her mouth, <laughs> I'm so tired. I don't have a degree in cognitive science, and every time she opens her mouth, I'm just like... <sighs> I'm actually getting oh, yeah. a headache right now. I, I will. Never mind. <laughs> no, go, go, no, go. Do tell Jacqueline. I, I, I want to. I don't want to hand it to the season, but I think for a couple of episodes, it was building to almost having a compelling argument for this. Not for this specifically, but for there being like there's something psychological going. Like I at least respect them for trying it for a few episodes. Yeah. As a yeah. As opposed to it just entirely coming out of nowhere, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I will say, I, I do kind of respect how they're, like, psychologists who are really into true crime are garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of like that that's their conclusion here. Psychologists with no degree who teach at a high school who are really into yeah. true crime are garbage. Like, I genuinely still think that Miss Lang is in on it also. I feel like maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I guess that'd probably be a season three thing. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Um, so she she gives Acosta garbage advice. Um, Emma and Audrey get to like a, a gas station rest stop to like try and use the phone that they have there. Um and the cashier gets a call for Emma as soon as they like rock up because Emma doesn't have her phone, they establish. Yes. Um and so the cashier gets a call for Emma and, like, hands the phone to her and it's the killer. Um, and Emma immediately is like, okay, like, he's watching us. Like, Audrey, go look for him. Um, and the killer says that he wants to keep playing. So if Emma or Audrey turn themselves in or get caught by the cops, someone they love will get killed. Classic. Classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Emma and Audrey, like, as... As Emma, like, ends this call, they see themselves on the news, and they're like, uh-oh, we're wanted. Uh, so they have to leave the gas station. <laughs> and just go, uh-oh, goodbye. Yeah. And Brooke and Stavo. So Stavo comes by to Brooke's house. Um, Brooke is, like, aggressively cutting oranges, which we don't find out why until later. Um, Brooke is having so many cool and normal ones recently. Yeah. Brooke is, um... Brooke is having a really normal one. Um, Stavo is like, hey, I'm really sorry about your dad. And like, I wasn't around last night because I couldn't go home and my phone died. Um, And he like asked her if she really believes that Emma and Audrey did like the murders and stuff. And Brooke's like, no, I don't think that Emma and Audrey had anything to do with like killing my dad. I don't believe that they would do that. Um, and so I was like, well, maybe this is why Audrey was so quick to suspect me. And I was like, 
it's always the people closest to you who keep the biggest secrets. And Brooke gets really pissed off at him, rightfully, and is like, um, I need you to leave now. Bye. Brooke is so ride or die for her homies. Yeah. I I think the homies should just kiss on the mouth a little bit. Agreed. 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 It is so sweet, though, that Brooke is just like, yeah, I know it's not my best friend and my new best friend through trauma, Audrey. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like that the teens on this show don't often miscommunicate with each other. Yeah, they're very aware of the fact that if information is coming from the killer, it is being taken out of context context and purposefully misconstrued so that they'll be upset about it so they take it with like a grain of salt yeah i i appreciate that they don't like there are only a couple times that they kind of turn towards like actual like miscommunication as a plot point um and it it usually feels earned when they do it yeah and i appreciate that like, even all the way back in season one, you don't even have that, like, when Brooke and Jake are arguing about telling Emma that Will dating her was a bet. Mm-hmm. And Brooke, like, immediately confesses when Emma overhears. Yeah, the the only time they really do it is with, like, the, like, Audrey Audrey's confession being taped and, like, sent to Emma by the killer and they, like, fight about it. Yeah. And she was working Which- up to it. Yeah. yeah, and it's not even, like, a miscommunication. It's just, like, oh, like, someone told my confession to you before I was, like, ready to share it. So, Emma and Audrey are running around town, evading the cops. These these teens are really good at evading the cops, and I love that for them. Or no these cops are terrible at tracking down teens. <laughs> or these, yeah, or these okay, cops yeah, are awful at their jobs. Um, They're running around town... Uh, they're, like, hiding in bushes. Emma's like, we need a secret base to, like, meet up um, and, like, make a plan. And Audrey's like, all right, how about the theater? Like, there's not going to be anybody there right now. It's the middle of the day. Um, but right now they go to Kieran's house. Um, Emma gives Audrey the gun and then, like, sneaks around the back of the house and jumps through the window into Kieran's room. And she runs into Kieran coming out of the shower Um, And they have, like, a whole tearful reunion. Um, (coughs) Emma catches Kieran up on, like, all the stuff that's been happening to her and Audrey. She's like, yeah, like, we escaped from the cop car and now, like, we're being hunted and we can't tell the cops. Um, And says, like, they need to think of a plan. And Kieran's like, oh, well, my aunt, like, packed up and left and Eli never came home last night. And Emma tells Kieran that her and Audrey are going to go and hide out in the theater. And Kieran's like, I'll meet you there. We'll figure this out. Audrey, hiding in the bushes outside, sees Eli roll up. I don't know why, but I was convinced this whole time that Kieran had been, like, showering at Eli's house and that they had all gone there. Oh, my God. It just looked exactly the same to me. Eli has a house? Yeah, wait. Wait. Eli and Kieran live together yes yeah because that's their whole thing is like because remember kieran oh, needed yeah. a guardian kieran needs a guardian um uh, so i'm i i officially uh put in my retraction as a, as being one of the hosts of dead teen house party no i i uh <laughs> I, I fucked up so bad i want to make up for my mistakes and this is i'm, I'm, I'm so so softly sorry no it's because Eli's not around that apology out <laughs> Put put the notes out of apology on our Twitter. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> Wait, yeah. No context. 
to be fair, they usually only show them, like, one of them in the house when they're just, like, by themselves making annoyed faces at the camera. Yeah. Fair. Just, I, did un- I didn't point this out when we were talking about last episode, but I think it's important to mention that when Eli's like, where are you going at three in the morning to Kieran, Eli's just sitting in the kitchen eating cereal also at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which mood? Prime yeah, honestly, normal, normal teen behavior. <laughs> it really is. I think maybe just something about the idea of heisting to steal things from your own house is so, which is what they, I guess they did last episode. (laughs) It's just so out of my ballpark, but I have to expand my mind. I understand. I'm writing my apology as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is really weird that Karen was like, I'm going to sneak around my own house, like just walk walk in the house like a normal person like why are you being a weirdo yeah (laughs) to be sure he was sneaking into eli's bedroom which is not even a bedroom it's a pull-out couch true (laughs) um and and so audrey like sees eli rock up to the house and is like "Uh uh-oh i gotta go tell emma and kieran that eli is here um and we see eli come home and he hears emma and kieran arguing in Kieran's room and then like Audrey comes like he hears Audrey come in and being like we gotta go we gotta go um and then he bursts into Kieran's room and it's just Kieran like standing in there by himself um Eli's like what the what the fuck step cousin (laughs) yeah Eli is like hey what the fuck I just got questioned by the cops for four hours like what did you say to them um and Karen's like, I just told him the truth. Like, I told him that you're obsessed with Emma and you won't leave her alone. Um, and Karen confronts him about being at Will's funeral. I was like, I want to know why you were in Lakewood back then. Um, and Eli won't tell him. And Eli's like, I'm not scared of you. I'll do whatever I want. Just try and stop me. And then it, like, pans out to Emma and Audrey, who are, like, hiding on the roof outside and have, like, obviously heard all of this. Um, They continue running from the cops. They go to the movie theater. uh, And Audrey's like, yeah, like, I have a, I keep a spare key stashed around the back so we can get in this way. And there's no matinee, so the theater will be empty until tonight. Thank God God for this lax management. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God their small town movie theater only plays movies after 5 p.m. Apparently, um, Brooke goes to visit Noah in the hospital, which I thought was nice. Um, it's a really nice she scene. Fi- yeah, she finds that he is uh, watching news, uh, like the news about like the hunt for Audrey and Emma, um, and they commiserate about their dead loved ones and. Brooke is like, you know, like, my dad wasn't always the best dad, but, like, he was there for me. Um, and we get an explanation for, like, the the oranges that she was cutting out when Stavo uh, came to visit her, uh, which she says, like, she went in the kitchen to get juice in the morning when she woke up, and she was like, oh, my dad always made, like, fresh orange juice for me, and she started missing her dad. Um... And I thought that was very sweet. Yeah. And they uh, they talk about how Emma, like, they both know that Emma and Audrey are innocent. Um, they're like, yeah, obviously they're not the killer. And Noah's like, we're in this together. Like, we have to help them. Um, and Brooke and Noah hold hands. Yeah. 
Also, Noah um, tries to rush out of the hospital room, no pants, and has um, duck boxers on. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes, so so yeah. After the after they have this nice moment of which I wrote in in uh in my notes, they hold hands. They're trauma bonding. <laughs> God. Um, Emma calls Noah on the phone and is like, "Hey, have you talked to Brooke?" And Brooke just like takes the phone because she's there. <laughs> um, and Emma's like, "Hey, like, just so you know, like, we didn't kill your dad. Like, that wasn't us. We were framed." And Brooke is like, "Obviously, I know this." Um, Emma is like, "Okay, we're at the movie theater. We're at the movie theater. Like, we're just gonna hunker down here. You and Noah need to stay where you are, and we'll call back when we have a plan." Brooke and Noah obviously do not stay where they are. Yeah. <laughs> they get off the phone and are like, okay, fuck that. We're gonna go to the, the movie theater. Um, Noah, like, rips his IV out of his arm. Don't oh, do please it. Please stay in the hospital. You Stress were sad. Boy. He's not allowed to eat anything that's not clear liquids. Like, please stay in the hospital. Yeah. God. Yeah, Noah, like, rips his IV out of his arm and tries to leave without, in just, like, his hospital gown, and then is like, oh yeah, I should probably put clothes on. Thank God none of us are doctors. Check out and get approved to leave. (laughs) Noah. I'm I'm surprised one of those nurses' alarms didn't go off when he started doing all that. Yeah, Yeah, you would think, right? Um. The The nurses in these town is just as bad as the cops. (laughs) <laughs> um and and brooke obviously is just like sure i'll help you escape from the hospital noah has like a a, a, a do not resuscitate but it just says plot important character <laughs> god it's a do not hesitate <laughs> oh my god drop whatever you are doing to keep this this man alive <laughs> I appreciate that these teens are so ride or die for each other that Brooke just, like, helps Noah escape the hospital without being discharged. Yeah. Like, this is not even the worst thing they've done at this point. I would love next season they just- They so much. They do. I would love next season they all just do tax evasion with each other. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um- we get another scene with Maggie and Acosta um, at the station. Maggie is, like, beside herself. She's like, Emma could be kidnapped or worse. And, like, oh, no, they're at uh, they're at Emma's house in the scene because the cops are searching the house. And Maggie's like, my daughter could be kidnapped or worse. And you're just, like, searching the house. Like, she could still be the killer. Um, and Acosta's like, well, we found Emma's dream journal. <laughs> and, like, she wrote about having dreams about killing her friends. I want to push Acosta down a stairwell. Same. All the time. And Maggie's like, those are just dreams. Like, you can't arrest her based on, like, some dreams that she had. And Acosta's like, well, Emma's the best lead that we have right now. (laughs) This is why getting a film degree is so important. You won't make a, uh, yeah. you won't make as much money as a cop, but if you have a film degree, you could post a video, uh, a movie trailer you made about murders to the internet, and it'll make a cop believe anything. <laughs> I do love like just the level that Maggie is going off here, like between the fact yeah. that she like emphasizes that it's dreams, she does not let it slip that she caught Emma sleepwalking with a knife, and she pulls the "You are in Lakewood because of me." 
Yeah. She is like ready to throw hands with Acosta. Yeah. Yeah, she's so mad. And rightfully so. Yeah. He's very bad at his job. Yeah. Uh, Brooke and Noah and Kieran all show up to the theater. Uh, they all like run inside. Uh, they go to see Emma and Audrey. Uh, Brooke, <laughs> Brooke is like, "Oh, you guys look terrible," <laughs> and like takes them to the to the bathroom to get cleaned up. Um, which leaves like Noah and Kieran hanging out by themselves. <laughs> Just guys being dudes. Just, Just guys, guys being, being dudes. dudes. Which it's very much like the sense of like two guys who are in the same friend group who, like, don't interact with each other outside of the group hang. Yeah, I was gonna say, have we ever seen Noah and Kieran interact one-on-one? I don't think no. so. Until this moment. I don't, nope. yeah, no. I, I feel like that, that interaction actually didn't last that long. No. Yeah, Kieran's just like, hey, like, how's it going, buddy? <laughs> like, how, how are things? You're, you've been You've been freed from that box. That must be fun. <laughs> Yeah, um, and uh, Audrey and Brooke hug, and it's like a nice moment as they're like all in the bathroom together. Um, Brooke gets a call from the killer. Uh, Emma grabs the phone from her, is like, "You're a coward," and we're at the movie theater, and you can come get me if you want, because I'm done running. Um, and Brooke and Audrey are like, "Maybe that wasn't a good idea," and I was like, "I don't care. I'm I'm finished with this. Like, I I just do not give a shit at this point." Um, I love it. I love it. They're all so ready to kick ass. I, yeah, it's the fucking best. This is the best part of every slasher movie. Yeah, gearing up to and- kick ass. And yeah, and the the teens like gear up with uh like horror movie memorabilia from like the the cabinets at the movie theater. Well, you know, like Audrey stabbed someone with during episode one. Yeah, exactly. They repaired that cabinet so fast. Also, the whole time they're montaging "Free Animal" by Forgiven Air is playing. Yeah, it's a great montage. Audrey drops a line that is. It's it's not like the world's greatest line, but it did make me squeal. Uh, it was like Noah's like you know half of those are fake, right? In reference to the, like the movie weapon memorabilia, and she was like, "Yeah, well the other half are real." And I was like, <laughs> "Fuck yeah, yeah, they're real." It's so cool. Does Noah get one? Because there's like a joke moment where he she hands everybody a weapon, and then she hands Noah a oh no, he takes the cleaver. There's a joke where she where she hands him a hammer and he's like, yeah, and then it like cartoon like droops like wah wah. It's made out of rubber and he's like he's like, come on. And then he goes and grabs a cleaver. Yeah. Um so so yeah, there's this like there's this whole montage of them like grabbing their weapons, like they're reinforcing the theater and they're like, okay, like we're all going to go like guard the different doors of the theater and we're going to stay in touch with each other. So we know it's happening. Um, and Noah gives Emma his phone so that she can stay in touch with everyone else. Um, there's like, they, they like spread out through the theater while Noah kind of like monologues over it. Um, and time passes. I don't think we know how much time passes. No, but it seems like they've been there for a decent amount. It's not yeah. it's not dark yet though. It's not dark yet, but they've reached the point where like Noah and Brooke are shooting the shit. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Like, but it's 
both of these episodes, the tension is done really well. Mm-hmm. Like, so well to the point where I almost had to go get my night guard because I caught myself grinding my teeth. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, Ugh. Yeah, so some some amount of time passes and Kieran calls Emma because uh, they're all still, like, spread out through the uh, the theater and is like, hey, I don't think the killer is coming. And Emma's like, no, no, no. I think, like, he's just waiting for us to let our guards down. Like, he'll be here. And Noah's like, well, maybe the accomplice has their own accomplice. And, like, we're actually dealing with two people again. Um, And as everyone is kind of arguing about this, uh, Stavo shows up and gives everyone a heart attack. (laughs) Stavo shows up in the creepiest way possible, as usual. He's, like, tapping on the window, banging on the windows in the one area where you can't fucking see him. Yeah. Again, yeah, in a parallel to Seth Branson. Yeah, I wrote that too. It's a parallel to uh, Mr. Branson like coming at Brooke through like the the doors and the windows of her house in the season one finale. Um, the the one good part is where he's like looked he's like tapping on the glass at Brooke and he's like, "Why do you have a hook?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Stavo. Granted, take take two guesses, stuff. But like, yeah, exactly. Very good line. <laughs> and Brooke is like, "Why are you here? Like, nobody, nobody's supposed to know like where we are." And he's like, "I got a text from you telling me to be here." Uh, and he shows him the text. And Brooke is like, "I never sent that text because obviously it was the killer like trying to get Stavo there." Um, as they're trying, well, she sends him away, right? Yes. Yes, they're like, "No, we're not gonna let." You. Yeah, the the. The teens and Brooke are like, no, obviously, like, we're not going to let you in. Like, we're kind of dealing with some shit right now, Stavo. <laughs> Which, like, honestly, the fact that the gang keeps being like, no, Stavo, you can't sit with us. is really working in his favor, like, on several occasions. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're really just saving him from getting involved in any of this. <laughs> and really, if he, he was, like, trying to make a case for, like, let me in, he should have been like, I biked all the way here for you. Mm-hmm. And so they, they send Stavo away, and then they, like, they hear screaming coming from one of the theaters. And Emma is like, I'm gonna go look. Audrey, you stay and, like, guard the back door. Because Emma and Audrey have just been, like, standing at the back door this whole time. Um, and Emma's like, I'm gonna go check out and see what it is. Um, and all of the teens, save Audrey, uh, run into the theater, and they realize that, like, the movie that's playing on the screen, quote unquote, is like a clip show of the killer murdering their friends. And they're like, uh-oh, the killer has gotten into the projection booth somehow while we were like all distracted by Stavo. Um, and Kieran is like, I'm going to go get Audrey so that we can all be in one place. And Emma said, and Emma's like, great idea. I'm going to go up to the projection booth and I'm going to like see what's up there and try to turn the movie off. Um, she brings the gun with her. She has been bringing the gun everywhere with her in this episode because she has good instincts. Um, also, she's, nobody... she's, she's like jacket off, single, like white, uh, tank top. Like, I don't know. I feel like Ridley and alien kind of vibes. Yeah. She's yeah. A little bit. Final yeah. Girl fit on. Yes. Like Definitely. she has the final girl fit ready. The yeah. ponytail too. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Emma and Audrey have like matching but opposite color like bomber jackets going on in this episode. It's great. <laughs> oh, this is like a small thing that I noticed in these episodes that I thought was nice. But the costuming department has like recurring outfit pieces that you see the teens wear. Mm-hmm. That's like mostly like most noticeable in like the three jackets that Audrey cycles through. Yeah, but I just thought that was neat that they're not giving them the same outfit every episode, and they're not giving them a different outfit every episode. They are like repurposing different outfit pieces. Like, yeah, it's cool. Like real people. <laughs> like real people. Like real teams. Um. So there's nobody in the projection booth. Uh, Emma turns off the movie. Um. Noah and Brooke are downstairs in the uh in the theater, and when the movie turns off, they both freak out at being left alone in the dark, which I really liked because they are the two who got like put into a dark enclosed space by the killer. Mm-hmm. Um. It's and like- so they both. They both start freaking out and, like, Brooke immediately puts, like, her phone flashlight on. Well, because it's the one-two combo of they're now alone in the dark, but the thing that's playing on the screen is alternating between Zoe screaming and Jake screaming. Yeah. So we're already in a heightened sense of emotion. Yeah. Um, and Brooke turns her phone flashlight on and then, uh-oh, the killer is there. Um... And pops out behind her and stabs her. Um, And Emma, who's, like, returning from the booth, like, runs down the aisle and shoots at the killer. And is like, Noah, call the police. And she chases the killer with her gun. I was so stressed for Brooke. But the one thing that, like, I kept repeating to myself that Brooke is supposed to be by in the third season. Brooke is supposed to be by in the third (laughs) season. Brooke is supposed to be by in the third season. Brooke is supposed to be by in the third season? Yeah. Oh my oh. god. Are she and Stavo in an open relationship or do they break up? I don't know what they were going to do. Oh no, they were going to have her and Stavo be in a relationship, but then her and Audrey also in a relationship. Holy shit. Nice. Love wins. <laughs> Love I, wins. I was going to say Stavo transitioning season three could also happen. Oh Stavo, Stavo yes. is very, very... Egg-shaped. You're a little correct. <laughs> um... So, so yeah, so Emma, like, gives chase with her gun. Emma's very proactive in this episode, which I liked. Oh, yeah. She does a lot of uh, pursuing. Honestly, um, the, the power of the, I know America guns, but really the power of a final girl with a gun. Like, yeah. she's like, I cannot be stopped. I will find you and I will get you. Yeah. Um, she chases the killer. Um, she does not find them. Um, she comes back and Noah and Kieran are, are there with Brooke. Uh, Noah's like, I called the cops, they're on the way. Kieran is like, I went to look for Audrey, but she wasn't there by the back door and the door was open. Like, maybe she already, like, went somewhere. Um, and Noah and Kieran are both like, Emma, you have to leave before the cops come. And, like the cops do come and are like at the door and they're like, well, we can't let the cops in until you leave. And I was like, no, I want to stay with Brooke. I want to stay with Brooke. Um, and Brooke like very weakly is like, Emma leave. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And she runs away. Uh, and no and Karen go to the hospital with Brooke. Um, but they, they kind of lose her when she gets taken into surgery. Um, and Emma calls Kieran to like ask what the situation is. And he's like, 
well, they said the stab wound is critical and like she has to go into surgery. Um, and Emma says that she hasn't heard anything from Audrey. Um, and it's like, I really screwed up by like telling the killer where we were. I didn't think about it. And like, I put everyone in danger and like, maybe I should just turn myself in. I don't really know what to do. And Karen's like, no, it's okay. None of this is your fault. Just like, hold on and we'll figure it out. We mentioned that, uh, Emma has Noah's phone, right? Yes. Yeah, Emma sorry. has Noah's phone. My brain. Um, and then we get a scene that I really like where uh, Noah is like in the hospital waiting room, uh, like waiting to hear about Brooke, whatever. Um, Kieran has like left at this point, I guess. Um, and Stavo comes up and is like, hey, is Brooke okay? And Noah's like, oh, you know, like she's a survivor. She's really tough. Um, and Stavo is like, I should have stayed at the theater. Like I shouldn't have left. And he sits down in a chair and just starts and just like bursts into tears. It's so, so good. good. It's so good. It's very good. I love good. Stavo so much. Same. Yeah. It has the feeling of like, this boy has not cried in years. Like he has not been yeah. able to. Yeah. Yeah. He just cares so much. Yeah. And like, yeah, this was this was the exact point at which I went into our group chat and said like I really like stuff. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I should I should go look at whatever somebody had posted spoilers and had tagged it and such. <laughs> and I was like I was like oh I'll go read those when I'm not uh oh it's just it's just screaming never mind yeah it was just <laughs> me screaming just screaming but, um yeah and like especially when you take into account that like. Brooke is really Stavo's first friend at the new school that they uh-huh. moved to after his best friend has died. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. And and then the reason why he probably hasn't cried in years uh, walks in. Yep. Yeah, Acosta gets there just in time to uh, see his son openly weeping in the hospital. I I will say I did like this moment. Also, yeah, this is it, a good it moment. Is, it is very sweet. But also, part of me is like, he just gives his son like a gentle leg pat. And I'm like, I'm like, come on, man, a hug. It's yeah, going to be Acosta, okay. That's huge. For Acosta, that's huge. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm like questionable about where I stand on Acosta's arc in these two episodes of like learning that like his son is a person that has emotions because <laughs> uh-huh. I'm like your son is 17 I feel like you should know that and like be attempting to understand him without like a shitty psychiatrist telling you that 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 is your problem <laughs> like I feel like if you had the show only be Stavo and Acosta, I feel like this would be like a really bad like lifetime movie. Yes, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so as like Acosta is there and Stavo is just like crying, Noah is st- <laughs> just standing there. <laughs> Noah's just like standing there, kind of letting this happen in front of him. Um, but he's like, "Hey, sheriff." Like, I know this isn't the best time, but I gotta tell you that Audrey and Emma aren't the murderers. <laughs> and Acosta, like, immediately, like, jumps up and is like, you, like, do you know where they are? Like, you have to tell me if you do. And it was like, no, 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 give me your phone. I'm gonna show you another suspect who I think that you should be considering. Um, and he pulls up the photo of Will's funeral and, like, points out that Eli is there. 
we don't get to see like the conclusion of that yet because we go back to Emma hiding from the cops uh, and she gets a text from the killer saying to go to the children's home by herself or Audrey dies. And she goes. She brings oh, her gun. Not even a text. Isn't it a Snapchat? Um, possibly. I was... I, <laughs> I did not actually see what was sent because I was taking notes so rapidly. <laughs> it, it was a Snapchat because it was the first time. Because this is the like, first time I think they really utilized FaceTime, surprisingly, was in this episode. Yeah. And then I, they also used Snapchat. And I was like, okay, 2015. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So Emma goes to the children's home. She brings her gun and she's like poking around the like lobby where like the rave was. Um, I wrote a note in here uh, that I was appreciating the increased location budget for season two once again. Oh, absolutely. I, I appreciate that in these finale episodes... Uh, the teens are not going back and forth between two settings. <laughs> I do like that they went back to a setting we'd seen in previous episodes, though. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Emma is, like, poking around the lobby. She gets a call from Kieran, who is, like, in his car, question mark. Um, that's, like, all we see of where he is. Um, he's like, hey, what's up? Like, where are you? Um, Emma's like, he has Audrey. Uh, he- he told me like like she's gonna die like if i if i don't come to the if like if i don't come here um but she won't tell kieran where she is because she's like i can't let anyone else get involved like this is my fault and it has to end now with me and like kieran gets really mad and i was like no i have to do this alone uh and kieran and they're like i love you i love you and it's like the first time they've said i love you to each other in the whole show wow Immediately after hanging up the phone with Kieran, Emma gets a call from the killer, who is like, I'm savoring the destruction of you and all you love, Emma, and I brought you to the place where Piper was forged. You're never gonna feel safe again. <laughs> yeah, and, and Emma's like, well, like, did you love Piper? <laughs> and the killer is like, killing together forms a bond, Emma. You would know that. You and Audrey killed someone together. <laughs> I feel like gay Emma people. should just gave, should be like no because we're gay and also we rode horses together when we were little that's how women form bonds god true. so true have you, have you ever even been on a horse you jag <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and yeah and the killer's like Emma you'll never feel safe again ever uh, and then pops out behind her and like goes for her with a knife and she shoots at him and chases him up the stairs. I really liked that Emma is sort of the one doing the pursuing here. Like, the killer is the one fleeing up the stairs from Emma. She's become too powerful. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Um, because all the killer has is a knife and Emma now has a gun. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and she, like, runs up the stairs in pursuit uh, and she turns the lights on in, in this room uh, and she he, she sees a hooded figure sitting in a chair on the other side of the room. Um, and she, like, approaches very cautiously. Uh, and she turns the chair around. And it's Audrey, who is, like, unconscious and handcuffed to a chain that's attached to the radiator, which is very saw. Um, and as 
Emma is, like, trying to get Audrey to, like, wake up um, and, like, trying to figure out how to free her. Kieran, like, bursts in the room and is like, hey, Noah, like, pinged his phone to, like, see where you were and found it here at the at the children's home. And Emma's like, all right, like, help me with Audrey. She won't wake up. I think, like, maybe she's drugged. Um, and, now, and now Eli is here. And Eli bursts into the room. And he has, like... Stab wound. Yeah, he has, like, a wound in his side. Um, and he's like, Emma, like, I followed Kieran here. And as soon as I got in the building, like, Kieran stabbed me. And I called the police and I told them what happened. And I could have run away, but I heard you inside and I came to help you. Um, and Emma obviously does not trust him. And she's like, well, why were you at Will's funeral? And Eli says, oh, it's Kieran's fault because the restraining order that the girl uh, did against me was all Kieran's fault. And because, like, Kieran knew that I liked this girl and, like, he also liked her. And he lied to her about, like, me posting photos of her on the internet. Um, and I came to Lakewood to, like, try and get back at Kieran, but I saw him with you, his new girlfriend, and I couldn't do it, so I just, like, left. Um, and th- this whole time, Kieran is, like, yelling and, like, interrupting Eli and being like, he's obsessed with you, Emma, he's manipulating you. Um, and then Eli, like, lunges for Kieran, and Emma freaks out and shoots him. Um, wasn't, because was, she now- wasn't Kieran famously out of town for Will's funeral? I think he was out of town before that. Okay. Sorry, it's hard to keep track. Um, so yeah, Emma, Emma like, freaks out and shoots Eli because she now thinks that, like, he's lying and he's the killer. Um, and Kieran's like, it's okay. It's over. Like, you did it. Like, he's dead now. Um, and Audrey wakes, like, starts waking up and Kieran's like, it's okay. Like, we're gonna call the cops. Even though Eli already called the cops. He's like, it's okay. We're calling the cops. Oh, um, he's like, Emma, you will feel safe again. And Emma starts to be like, hey, <laughs> hey, what's up with that? The killer said something exactly like that to me five minutes ago. And Kieran's like, what? No, that's just like <laughs> yeah. a, a common turn of phrase. This- yeah. I have more things to say about this, but I'm going to go on a tirade once we get through the section. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right, I'll hold my um, tongue too. Sorry. I will. I will I've got a bulleted things. list, babes. Oh, God. And Emma realizes that it has indeed been Kieran the whole time. Um, and then Eli turns out to be still alive um, and is like groaning on the floor. And Kieran's like, well, you're not wrong. And Eli like tries to rush Kieran with a pipe and Kieran shoots him five times. How many bullets are in this gun, by the way? Uh <laughs> Yeah, not uh, probably not that many. Uh, it's supposed to be like yeah. twelve. I w- was considering going back and counting, but I was like, it's definitely not twelve because like when we first the cop shoots the gun like three times in the beginning, I was like, we're definitely yeah. past twelve. It's a magic gun. Yeah. <sighs> um, Kieran gets his like <laughs> what I have described on paper as a Phoenix Wright culprit breakdown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that they let Kieran's actor go nuts for this. Yeah, they this finally is, let him act the most he's acted yes. all season. It's so good yeah, to see. Literally, like in both they were seasons. like, "Okay, you could like take the weights off now and start actually acting." <laughs> yeah, that would be the better part if he's like, "Haven't you ever wondered why I'm so boring, Emma? <laughs> why I don't do anything? Why I don't have any personality? It's because I'm crazy." God. <laughs> but it's like, it's kind of like the 
same as as the as like Piper in the season one finale where he just like gets really into it and starts like very much like chewing the scenery and being like villainous. Yes. I, I did enjoy it. He's having um, so much fun. He, yeah, like the actor is very clearly having like a, a ton of fun doing this. Um and he explains that like he and Piper were together because before like he even came to Lakewood and met Emma. Um, and they they met and like bonded because Maggie and the sheriff were together and like the sheriff like abandoned Kieran in Atlanta for a while to like go and have a drug problem with his old partner. Um, and Piper was also abandoned by Maggie. Um, <laughs> he has a line in here that's like, and Piper showed me that killing people is way more fun than therapy. <laughs> Um, very good. What a line. <laughs> um, and they, like, decided to come to Lakewood to, like, get their revenge on uh, Maggie and the sheriff and, like, make them look like idiots and then eventually murder them. Um, and Kieran was supposed to be Piper's last surprise before she, like, killed and then Maggie. But Audrey came and ruined it by killing Piper. Uh, which was why Kieran also tortured Audrey this season. Um, this is like the end of my tabletop role-playing games when I have to like improv a bunch of shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's and not Kieran, good. And Kieran is like, he like explains that he's like going to stage this whole situation. Like Audrey and Emma lured him here to kill him. But he turned the tables on them, and Emma's like, nobody will believe you. Uh, and then Audrey throws a chair at Kieran uh, to, like, give Emma time to run away. Um, but Emma wants to keep Audrey safe. So Emma's like, hey, Kieran, like, if you let me get away, like, all of this work is for nothing. And so he obviously goes after Emma, but he takes Audrey with him and uh, threatens her life to try and, like, lure Emma out. Um, And Audrey's like, well, if Emma live, like, if Emma gets out of here, like, at least one of us will live. And it's, like, trying to tell Emma to leave and, like, save her. Um, And there's, like, this extended, like, chase sequence through this, like, storeroom where, like, Emma is hiding behind a shelf and Kieran is, like, dragging Audrey around looking for her. Um, And, like, as soon as he finds Emma, uh, Audrey, like, who is still attached to this, like, chain uh, by handcuffs, she, like, yanks Kieran down using the chain and Emma pushes a shelf onto him and starts... Yeah. Um, and starts, like, hunting him instead. Like, she turns the tables on him and is, like, taking pot shots at him with her pistol. Um, and Audrey eventually, like, ties Kieran to a support beam with the chain and is, like, egging Emma on to shoot him. And is like, he deserves it. Like, you should do it. And Kieran's like, yeah, Emma, shoot me. I deserve it. Um, and Emma puts the gun up to Kieran's head and is like, I get to choose how you die. Um, I wrote a note here that says this scene is very gay and horny. Yeah, it is. I love how in sync she and Audrey are. Like, and just like the fact that she's taking down Kieran with a gun, which is like, he taught her how to use a gun also. Uh Um, yeah. Chains and whips. Yeah. And also that, um, 
Audrey isn't like chastised afterwards like you said we should kill him that's bad to mm-hmm. do like I'm glad mm-hmm. that doesn't happen yeah uh and then I was like you're not gonna die today Kieran you're gonna rot in jail because you lost at your own game uh and then the cops show up and Emma like turns the gun over to Acosta and Kieran gets super arrested because obviously Eli called the cops and was like hey Kieran stabbed me um, and Emma and Audrey hug as this is going on. That that one scene where they're hugging and the lights coming from behind them. I was like, if this had gotten big instead of Teen Wolf, this would have been the screen cap that people did like, you know, uh, digital oil paintings of the beautiful yes. scene. Yeah. Um, and then we get kind of our wrap up scenes. Uh, there's like a three month time skip. Uh, Noah is like podcasting about how super right he was that Piper had an accomplice this whole time. Um, Brooke is like having a nice family dinner with Stavo and Acosta. We see that Stavo has done a little drawing of his friends mm-hmm. on his tablet. They're all just hanging out on a bridge. It's so cool. Yeah. Noah uh, with Brooke Le- with her head on his shoulder too. Yeah. Noah is like full um, blonde in the picture, it looks like. <laughs> Miss Lang is writing a book called The Madness of Two. Terrible. God. Bad. And it seems to be about Emma and Piper, which is like worse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Emma and Audrey appear to be on a date at the movies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They are super on a date. Yeah. Uh, Noah, and then Noah in his monologue is like, maybe that's it. Maybe there are no more threads to pull on. Um, and then we see a scene of Maggie finds, uh, her note at the Brandon James tree that says, like, stay away from her. And it's pinned to the tree with a knife. Um, and we get, like, a little stinger of, like, Kieran in prison getting a call from his lawyer. But it's actually someone else using the killer voice. And they're like, hello, Kieran, who told you you could wear my mask? And uh, that's where it ends. Uh, Before the tirades, (laughs) Brandon James didn't get amnesia and become a cop. He got amnesia, was raised by a lawyer, studied the craft, (laughs) and now he's come back to town. And he's like, to be Kieran's lawyer. To be a defense attorney. I will be your defense attorney because I believe in the innocence, or not the innocence, but that everyone deserves a lawyer, but also fuck you. (laughs) Wearing my mask, uh, torturing my daughter. That's right, Emma's also my daughter. (laughs) God. How dare you? We're gonna have a stern talking about this later, and you're my son now. (laughs) So... I want to talk about this ending, and then I also want to talk about how the season one showrunner intended for season two to go. Okay, okay. let's just let Emma Emma go, and then let Jacqueline go, and then tell us what was supposed to happen, Marn. Yeah. So this ending's bullshit. It's not earned. Hmm. It's not earned at all. Like, there is no reason it should have been Kieran. It is not set up until it's like way too late and punching you in the face. And even then it's not really set up correctly or well at all. Um, In a way where I think one of two things is happening here. I think either they originally had it that Eli is the killer and the network at the last minute was like too obvious. We need some sort of fun little funky twist, you know? 
and like bullied them into changing it, and that was the easiest one to change it to. Um, but what I think is more likely is this is them doing too much of setting up for season three poorly, and Kieran did not do it. I don't think Kieran did it. I think Kieran is taking the fall because if Emma and Audrey are the only two left alive, they're, the cops are still going to assume that it was Emma and Audrey still on a killing spree. Um, Interesting. I think Kieran thinks Eli is it, and maybe Eli is. It would make sense. I do think we still have another killer going on outside of this also, obviously. But I think Kieran took the risk in shooting Eli, thinking that he's the killer, and thinking, I gotta play this up, like, I gotta commit to this. Because his story about Piper doesn't hold up, because Piper tried to frame Kieran in season one by calling him Brandon James's grandson. Oh, yeah. Piper tried to frame Kieran. It doesn't add up. Like, well, it should have been work. like, I was pissed at her for trying to frame me at the end, but, like, we were chill still. And, like... The fact that they have Kieran on FaceTime with you when he finds the letters makes it, like, removes the doubt of, oh, did he plant the letters there? Because you well, see him grabbing them. True, but also I feel like he did, he, you do see him kind of sneaking around the kitchen, like, looking at the, because I have to assume those were the mayor documents on the kitchen table. He doesn't show yeah. those to Emma and Audrey, so like, and then there's like kind of a cut, so maybe he had enough time to be like, all right, time to go over there, get those letters, put them over here. Now to open up on FaceTime and be like, what's this? I mean, yeah, but I also think that if that is, it is the writing team throwing it together at the last section, second. Oh, because yeah. they're being 100%, forced yes. to. But with the fact that the killer calls Kieran at the end, as like, who told you you could do that? Like, I think Kieran took the fall. Interesting. Is what's happening in order to make sure that <laughs> yeah. Emma and Audrey don't get framed. But I th- yeah, I think he maybe did it, but like just bad writing. Very interesting. I can I make a counterpoint? Yes. Okay. Of course. This ending is great and makes perfect sense. Okay. So <laughs> uh Kieran is the Kieran is a as a culprit. Um I th- I think the evidence has all been there since the beginning. It's the emails to me. It's the it's it's how fucking weird he is. It's one of those it's one of those culprits that like even if they decided halfway through the season, I think it still backtracks well enough throughout season one even to like make sense to me on a, on a level because like everything he says about b- it being a plan against his mo- against his dad and her mom makes a lot of sense insofar as how the first season was framed about like oh this journey that Maggie and whatever the fuck the sheriff's name was are sort of going on um and uh i think that because kieran is obviously homophobic he hates audrey uh <laughs> it makes sense that he would kill rachel um and uh i let's see uh piper pipe i th- i piper is an adult and kieran was a child and i think this is an important element to add in because oh, yeah. i think that it's incredibly obvious like incredibly like to me he is like he, he's obviously so fucked up but also like this kid was definitely being manipulated and i think when it comes to the piper thing i think she would have thrown him under the bus um or mm-hmm. at least was willing to use him in that way um, just another one of piper's victims uh possibly um and i don't know it's it's just like maybe I, maybe i'm just maybe this is my stance because i 
my because of my blue truth from the previous episode i was like oh it has to be kieran and i'm just feeling satisfied because it is kieran i'm kind of in the middle between two of you where it's like i kind of like get it that it was kieran but also i feel like they should have kept like do you remember his like we kind of suspected him of like something weird in like episode one of season two because he was being all like kind of or i at least i suspected him something because remember he was like being all weird and distant with emma and like it was maybe just like fresh back from the psych ward i think they maybe should have just like continued with that relationship awkwardness for the entire season or like had him like way overcompensating because instead they just like ended up being normal again like i feel like well, th- there should just been something a little bit off about their relationship the whole time Okay, so counterpoint, he is gaslighting her this entire season. True, he does do a lot of gaslighting, but that's, that's normal true. for men. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Um, so I have some fun facts to share. Okay. Please share um, From what I have gleaned reading, like, interviews with the showrunners and, like, stuff about this show in the course of making this podcast, the original showrunner of the first season knew who Piper's accomplice was going to be, and, like, that knowledge was passed down to the season two showrunners who were like, no, we're not doing that. And my guess is that they, like found a bunch of like what they thought were weird loose ends in the first season of like Kieran like mysteriously disappears for like an episode and like some of the kills including Will's are like way more brutal than the other ones um and they were like okay Kieran's the second killer and like he is like very specifically killing off people to like emotionally torment Emma and like also turns out on Audrey because the original accomplice was supposed to be Audrey. Makes sense. Which makes sense. It, makes sense. This, it could have been killing Eve before killing Eve if we really tried. <laughs> and like, it's it's very like heavily hinted at in the end of the first season that like, oh yeah, Audrey was the accomplice. And I think, like, I my guess is that they... They kind of turn that plot into like, oh, Audrey was like involved, but she didn't do the murders. Um, my <laughs> they were like gay marriage. Gay marriage is legal now. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, my guess is just like the writers liked Audrey too much to be like, oh, she's the second killer, <laughs> which I totally understand. Um, and they were just like, oh, there's like a bunch of like weird shit with Kieran in in the first season that is just like never like cashed in on at all or explained and like maybe we can do something with that <laughs> i i do i do also think that it was like they wanted to do a a, a billy loomis thing <sighs> yeah which one's billy loomis is he the guy who was like it was me austin it was me don't worry don't worry about, don't worry about, about it Nessa. Nessa. <laughs> don't worry about it Nessa. oh that must be Let's the screen that guy. name <laughs> Yeah, I think that's like, uh that's the guy from Halloween. Yeah, he's the doctor. Uh, the, what what Martin is referring to is uh, the fact that like the, uh, Billy, I, I guess like William Loomis, Doctor William Loomis. <laughs> he uh he like often talks to Michael Myers. He often like uses these very like psychological framings of things that I think like very much mirror the way that Kieran's. Uh, <laughs> We don't. We don't need to lie to me. I'll forget in six months, and then I'll watch Scream. <laughs> uh, I like. I get that. I that's what feel... the show's going for. But I feel like they could have done such a better job. I agree. I agree. I mean, 
In yes, in hindsight, yes, but hindsight is twenty twenty one. Like they introduced too many new loose threads in order to clear up this one. Yeah, I think the one thing that would have improved it for me is if Eli was a more credible red herring, because yes. he was too yeah. he was too weird, or like he was not he was too normal weird. Like I think, or like mm, he was so continuously he- becoming a freak, but in a way that was always like, oh, it's Eli. <laughs> And he should yeah. he should have been like helping Kieran more because Kieran like had something on him or something and like yeah. taking Emma to decide to be like be like are you sure about Kieran like more often because that that's creep behavior yeah mm-hmm. I I also like looking back at it he he only had like a few big scenes I I think if they just gave him like at least a little bit every episode it would have been a better a better like trick I guess yeah yeah I think I feel like part of the problem in this season is that they introduce so many new characters all at once and then they try to make all of them red herrings yeah yeah like they try to make stavo a red herring they try to make eli a red herring they try to make zoe a red herring and it's like okay none of these guys are the killer because like they're characters that you've just now introduced and are immediately making suspicious yeah it's it's a big I, I think that's like the yeah. season's biggest mistake to me. Yeah, I, I think they could have been a little bit more subtle with it. Otherwise, yeah. I am honestly glad they didn't go for the Audrey thing because I love that we get to have her as like a second as like a secondary main character here. Yeah, yeah, love wins. I and I, I do think they could have like maybe transitioned from like Audrey maybe did some fucked up things in season one under duress. Yeah. So insert yeah. something here. And then in season, then we go through like maybe a longer Emma forgiveness arc. And then there's still like Audrey's not the killer season two. Yeah. 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 There's like, so I don't, I don't want to get too far into like talking about that one recent interview until after we watch the Halloween special. Cause there is like, I think one major thing that actually does happen in the Halloween special that will get spoiled if we talk, if we talk about like the, what the plan would have been for the next couple seasons. But um, yeah, congratulations, uh, Dead Teen House Party fandom, we did it. Our podcast single handedly brought back Scream. Yay! God, <laughs> I hope so. so... <laughs> I, I am so too. I I am excited at least to see like those two showrunners are, are are like writing that thing that is like partially inspired by the season four that they actually really wanted to make. So yeah. I'm excited to see whatever that turns out. Same. To be. I is it if we can get them the on the show for a Q and A? Oh yeah. My God. Is it the OG showrunners yeah. or season two showrunners? It's the season two showrunners. Okay, they still did a pretty good job. Don't listen yeah. to our criticisms, season two showrunners. <laughs> we loved every second, and Kieran is a great villain. We love, we love that. We stand him. Um, so next next time we will be watching the Halloween specials, um, which are there's like a couple plot things that happen in them, but otherwise they're mostly like a standalone adventure. Nice. Do we want MVPs, LVPs? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, All right, my MVP is going to be Kieran because someone has to give him his roses. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, congr- congrats on the murder, King. Um, King, um, you got you got to do a fucked up little speech, which was very good. You got to have your hair all messed up. Um, you know, you were kind of a victim in your own way. 
uh, congratulations. Uh, do I do? Should I do both, or do we want to do MVPs and then? Oh. Can do both. Okay. That was that was also why I compared him to like a Phoenix Wright culprit, <laughs> though, because he like he like changes physically. Yeah. Yeah. He like yeah. flips his hair over to the other side. That's, that's <laughs> the purpose of the flippy hair that we've been commenting on this entire season. Oh my god! It's to hide his secrets. <laughs> Yeah, but he needs, like, a parrot and some, like, popped balloon tits to really, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. Piece de resistance. Uh, yeah, and I guess LVP... I can't say Acosta. We say him too many times. Can I say Noah? Like, shit's afoot, man. I know your girlfriend just died and you were locked in a box, but, like, get it together. Yeah, I think that's fair. Oh, my MVP is Stavo. Uh, mm-hmm. Stavo is like the standout character from the season, apart from like the, yeah. the like the standout side character, I guess I would say. And I'm amazed at how fleshed out he became, and like what this weird little freak who draws his classmates' <laughs> dead bodies, uh, like could become so, so, so good, so very good. Yeah. Uh, and my LVP is going to be hmm. Come back to me. Come back to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> my MVP, I think, is Emma because someone has to give it to her. Mm. Uh, she she does a lot this episode. I I know that we've we've talked about how historically people do not like her in this season. Um, I can understand how that could be true, but I think in this episode. In particular, she's, like, very proactive. She actually, like, goes after the killer. She gets her good final girl moments. Um, she she does a lot of things right. So go, Emma. Go, girl. Um, my LVP for this episode is the mayor. <laughs> Get fucked, Mr. Mayor. Stop. Stop getting blackmailed. Get it together. <laughs> don't pull it out of your body if you get stabbed. Yeah, don't. Don't pull the pitchfork out of your body. <laughs> also, maybe just let see. No one's ever released the blackmail stuff. Just see what would happen. Yeah. Yeah. So people took my MVPs, which were going to be <laughs> Savo and then Emma. Sad. Uh, so in those that case, I'm going to have to go with Maggie as my MVP. Oh. Um, because every time she is on screen in these two episodes, she is fucking tearing Acosta to pieces. So true. She is like fed up. She is done with his bullshit. She is like, you are here because of me. You do not like if you think this is Emma, you are a fucking idiot. <laughs> and I love that for her. And she puts a message for Brandon James in the tree and she deals with it when it's got a knife in it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I love Maggie. Yeah. This is the one thing I'm always glad she never was like. Also, Emma, by the way, Brandon James is alive because I feel like one we know it wasn't Brandon James, and I feel like it definitely would have been like Emma's whole thing would be like maybe it's Brandon James. Like Emma's smart, yeah. but she I think she would have been like, well, he's the villain that everyone in the entire town has grown up with, so like clearly it must be him. Mm-hmm. I uh, am sad that Maggie didn't get more screen time this yeah. season. Oh yeah, like she got the best amount of screen time season one. She's so yeah, because I, I feel like they, they like had more stuff for her to do in season one because the whole main plot was about how like 
her past with Brandon James was like tying into like what was happening to like Emma and her friends. And then like this season was like, oh, the killer just like has a vendetta against Emma and Audrey specifically. And like Maggie isn't involved with this. So they like didn't have a lot for her to really do. Yeah, it's sad. She's so good. Like they could have dived more into her and Acosta's relationship, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Those flashbacks were great and like I feel like they that could have been like more of a thing. Yeah. Even even if it was Brandon James, that would have been kind of cheap, but like it would have made sense if it would have if if it'd been like I'm getting revenge for my daughter. We all would have been like Okay. Yeah. You know what? That's fair. I almost feel like they should have saved... Like, I, I love the flashbacks, but I almost feel like if they're going to make it a whole, like, oh, season three will be the big Brandon James season, then they should yeah. have saved the flashbacks for then, because I feel like it almost took away from, like, building up some of the core elements here. Or just do one flashback. We did, like, two or three. Like, just do mm-hmm. one and then, like, let it hang in the air. And, no, and none of this yeah. tree shit. More Eli. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I agree they, they could have saved that for a different time. <laughs> Jacqueline, who's your LVP? I'm circling oh, back I'm to you. Oh, I'm being circled back to. Okay. Uh, it's okay. I also started to say my LVP, Jacqueline. Oh, okay. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, Emma. <laughs> um, my LVP is Miss Lang. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy yep, answer. There you go. <laughs> like... Why are you talking about fully ado? Why are you still writing a book after this? Like, what are you doing? Just, just shut the fuck up. I think I think I was gonna put this in the group chat, but I didn't because I wasn't sure if everyone had seen it yet, and I was on my phone, so I couldn't like do the spoiler thing on Discord. And I was like, God, I wish Miss Lang was still in a coma. Yeah, God, right? Yeah. Uh, my my LVP. And the grand tradition of Dead Teen House Party is going to be the character who died this episode. Eli, rest in piss. You were weird. You were weird. <laughs> you served nothing. And then you died. Was he just, so true. Was he so just like, true. the ultimate pick-me boy? That he was like, I'll die for you. Emma. I guess so. I guess. I, I, yeah, I, they should have fleshed him out more. I really feel like this would have been better if he was like they really established like him hating his cousin more. Yeah, because Kieran fucking hated him so much. Like the vitriol is there from the first fucking episode there together, and I want to know more about that relation. Yeah. They that's okay. The this the, we, the reason we needed more Eli and Kieran is because. In, in a way, this season is almost about that relationship. Like it culminates in a, like not entirely, but part of it is, and it culminates in a big standoff between them. And I think that should have been given more time. I don't know. Mm. I yeah, I agree. I like they they kind of set up this thing where like Eli knows that like Kieran is dangerous and like is trying to like warn Emma maybe, but like. We don't get to see a whole lot of it. And we also have that whole season, that whole big thing where he's like, yeah, no, we used to be really close. And like, he was like a totally like different guy. Or I guess maybe he meant he was like a shittier guy. But the implication was that like, they they got along better and that he was a good guy. And then he moved here and like changed his whole personality to like suit Lakewood. Mm -hmm. But I guess he could have been like, yeah, he was a maniac before. Yeah, I yeah. guess that goes along with like, oh, he's making you into his perfect girlfriend and a lot, all that stuff. I don't know. It's weird. It's yeah. weird. It's messy. 
He's a good L- he's a good LVP. Yeah, though. I I liked him, but he's yeah. a loser. <laughs> Not enough meow meow. Not enough meow meow. So yeah, next week we're gonna watch Halloween one and Halloween two, which are together on on Netflix as one like super episode. Oh my! I bet they uh, I bet they both aired the same day because I bet they aired for ho- as like a Halloween special, even though it was a two part episode. Yeah. Because Netflix bases their um, episodes based off of um, air air date exclusively. That makes hmm. so much sense. Thank thank you, Quentin Reviews, for your extensive iCarly research that taught me this. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's that's what we're doing next week, and um. We have some ideas for for what we're going to watch after Scream, but I think after that we'll probably take a break at least for a little bit because I'm getting married. Yeah. <laughs> Marriage. 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 Um, but yeah, we, we, we have kicked around some ideas for like movie episodes and like other short shows uh to talk about and i am very excited we are definitely gonna make dessa watch scream yes oh yeah you gotta, you gotta give it some time so i can forget um william something <laughs> it's already gone it's already yeah. gone soften was the last name <laughs> well we're good we can watch scream tomorrow <laughs> yeah i remember billy william something <laughs> oh, oh. It's already gone. Don't worry. Don't even worry about it. Uh. <laughs> Until next time, don't pull a pitchfork out of your chest. Don't get five slugs straight into the chest. <laughs> uh, leave leave the pitchfork in. <laughs> don't hook up with the podcaster. <laughs> It ended poorly for Zoe and for Kieran. God. Don't hook up with a true crime podcaster. Hold on. Don't hook up with a true crime podcaster. Feel feel free to hook up with any of us. Yeah. Well, not Lauren. She's getting married. (laughs) The real moral of this show is never hook up with a podcaster. God. a call from kieran who's like hey what's going on and emma's like the ki- the killer has audrey um but i just made i just almost made an insane freudian slip there i don't know if i've heard <laughs> oh. <laughs> edit it out edit it out what i will was- <laughs> it was <laughs> literally almost said the kieran has audrey <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) That's really funny.